0: Good morning. Uh, this is the first go ahead with the Current American Issues Garno class podcasts that we are going to be completing for the first semester. And our first issue of debate for the past two weeks has been the gun debate in class. So before we actually get started on the gun debate, I'm very happy to be with you all here today. I'd like you all to in- go around the table and just introduce yourselves, and we'll start with you, Lila. Hi, I'm Lila.
1: I'm um, Brady. Sam. I'm Caroline.
2: I'm Evie.
0: Okay. Thank you. And so we're going to just get right to it and and just kind of jump in. Why is the gun debate even an issue that seems to be mainstream today? Like, Why are we talking about the gun debate today? Anybody want to get us started?
1: Um, I would say it's more mainstream nowadays because of media and because there's such an easier way to communicate ideas and um, it's easier to show problems going on in the world. So if we have a situation like guns, there are everyone can give their opinion on it, and it does create room for a very large debate. And with mass shootings becoming more prevalent, it does seem like it's going to take a very strong possibility in
0: media.
3: Okay.
4: Is there
0: so there's agreement on that? Like there just there seems to be more events in Mm -hmm. our nation's history specifically that tend to lead to mass shootings, and, um, and those mass shootings have caused more of the debate? Okay, so let's talk about the way our country's dealing with the issue, uh, where do we stand on that?
3: I think um, the media itself is trying to get as much coverage as possible so that they can create change. I think that's a big thing in politics, trying to create change, but um, a lot of what the media is trying to convey to the government, I feel at this time, is that change needs to be made especially with the movement of like protecting our lives and children and school shootings especially um but yeah and so yeah so can we clarify media there when you're saying media do you mean like
0: news outlets or news are you outlets talking outlets about like yeah. social media
3: okay well, both because oftentimes they merge now so news outlets <coughs> are on twitter and facebook so
1: yeah, I would agree with Lila. I'd say not not only just the meet, um, like news outlets and media taking it in, but they it also seems like they use such a um, prominent situation like mass shootings to sort of bring the conversation to something else a politician might believe in. So they might take something like a mass shooting and use it as a way to get talking about mental health or something else when the issue might be more assisted and helped by focusing on the problem with guns primarily.
2: I feel like to some extent, like it definitely is the media that's involved, but to some extent I think it's become, in today's society, a lot more personal because guns and mass shootings are becoming an issue that is becoming sadly more popular and just happening more often. So I feel like now, to some extent, it is more on a personal level because there are people that can relate to this type of issue. So I feel like um, on top of the media spreading the coverage, it is more people that have had experience with this trying to get the word out to trying to get a movement for change. Okay. Um, So,
0: when we talk about that kind of change, what does that kind of change look like today? Um, You know, you hear things about teachers carrying guns or open carry laws across the country and, uh, you know, more guns equals safer places. So, what does that change look like in your eyes,
4: um, I think it depends. I think that's kind of, I think that's the big issue right now, is that there's such a divide and that people on either side have such radically different views of what they think should happen, that nothing's happening, and I think no one really knows what the right answer is.
0: How about you guys at this table? What do you guys think? What do you think
3: that change should look like? Um, personally, I'm. I try and look at every political situation or any situation in general as a holistic concept, so taking that holistic view, there's different things other than no guns and guns. There's the mental health side, um, government action. There's, So I think that multiple things have to be made. You can't just go and um, go to one extreme and kind of work off of that and make political change and laws off of that one extreme. You have to kind of look at every perspective, so I'm trying to be open to every perspective.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally right. I think... Well, I think that the extremes could work in theory. Mm -hmm. Like, if we could remove every single gun from America, there would be no more shootings. Or if we gave every single person in America a gun, there would probably be less shootings. But that's just not not realistic. So I think people think that those would work, but we'd never be able to get to that point.
3: Exactly. So I think there
4: has to be something in the middle that can kind of best of both.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. I think the first start to that would be maybe more in-depth background checks and maybe a carried permit that you have Mm -hmm. to have to purchase guns. Because right now you have super centers and stores that you can go into and without a permit purchase a gun. So I think to start you need something uh, nationally, which could just start with safety before even purchasing a gun. So before you get to the issue where they have a gun, you have to see why they got the gun Mm -hmm. and their reasoning behind it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
4: But even with that, if you look at like gun deaths, like 70% or something, of like gun deaths or whatever, mm-hmm. or, or gun homicides at least, are like with the legal guns. Mm-hmm. So that wouldn't even really fix yeah, no. the issue. It only
1: fixes that right. small minutia of the legal issues, mm-hmm. not the illegal imported and right. problematic. People.
0: What about the government role here? You know, I mean, like, I think we've all had our U.S. history, and we know that you know the way our Constitution is created, government's role is to protect our rights, right? And I, it's very clear that you know the Second Amendment is one of those rights. Um, But, you know, the converse of that side is that there is the argument of what about rights of of personal freedom and personal safety and those types of things. How does that fit into government's role today in terms of what they're doing, what they're not doing, what the standstill is in Congress or um, between branches of government? Where do you guys fall there?
4: Um, Well, I think looking at the constitution and now it says like it's to protect against a tyrannical government i think that that's a valid issue but our government's like it's not set up that way like we were doing when we were facing against the england or whatever which is like a monarchy and power is just inherited but in the united states the government's the people and we can, you can make the argument that oh we need our guns to defend against if the army starts to attack us but the armies would
0: <laughs> that work it's in re- in reality though like <laughs> right, right
4: the our, million, our army has like defense budget not gonna exactly. do anything with your guns. Right. but also the people that are going be that you'd be attacking or defending against is you. It's not like we have some elite class that becomes the, the military It's the people they're not going to go the military's not going to go and shoot up Texas because it's it's all in one so I think it's kind of a weird a weird argument that we need it to defend against a tyrannical government, unless we're defending it against another tyrannical government, but in that case, we have a $70 billion defense budget, that'll, that should work a little bit, at least.
0: Mm-hmm. How about you, Caroline, what do you think?
3: Um, I feel like our government, it has the two priorities of prioritizing, like, our safety or our right to own guns, and right now it feels like owning guns is above safety. I mean, personally, as, like, a student, that's how I feel, that's where their priorities are.
0: Valuing personal liberty over personal safety. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because
3: I do feel fear coming to school. It's like a
0: constant anxiety I do have. Do do all of you have that? I mean, is that, I mean, our culture is vastly different uh, than it was when I started teaching, right? That was not a fear of my students in 2001 Mm -hmm. when I started teaching. Um, Is that something that you guys think about?
4: I mean, I don't really think about it. I probably should, but I'm just kind of a simpleton. I don't think about
1: that. I, I can see it in moments like there are like glimpses when you'll see like, oh, that might become a problem, but it's never a constant issue for mm-hmm. me. But you know, you'll see maybe bullying, and you'll see you'll remember like a news outlet where it said the kid was bullied, so it becomes an idea in your head, and you just wonder what it would lead to eventually. Mm-hmm. But I think that is the one problem like Caroline said with personal safety over personal liberties. And I think they need to find a way to match that by giving people a personal liberty while also allowing them safety. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, in Midwestern states like Texas and Arizona, they have no law that a gun has to have a safety on the gun. So anything like that, you could have a gun, just make sure it is properly stored away and safe for people who aren't registered. So something like that, you need to find a match to fix the contradiction. Mm
3: -hmm. In response to your question that you just asked, I remember in middle school, it gets to the point where your friend has to bring, or feels the need to bring their phone with them, although they're not supposed to, you're supposed to keep them in your locker. Not to play games, she didn't go on her phone, but just in case something would happen and she could reach her parents. And she wasn't, She's. I know her personally, she, she wasn't one of those people that would have that anxiety, but it developed just through the modern day, and even just knowing that Cole Middle School is surrounded by glass, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's terrifying. Yeah,
1: and you have you know, students being nervous, and you have teachers trying to, like, you know, after something happens in the news and you see a mass shooting, teachers, have have they have a requirement to tell, talk about the safety?
0: Well, it's like, it's the right. idea of, like, well, there's, that's something. At least I'm doing something, right. which, they you know, don't. a lot of people in today's society argue, well, why isn't Congress doing something or state legislatures doing something? I see mm-hmm. you all shaking your heads, like, yes, like, right. so... I think we can all agree that there's something wrong with the culture. Hmm. Is there something wrong with the culture? Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Let's put our finger on it. I think it
1: started before we had such advanced weaponry and technology, because if you look at it in the 1800s, there was no gun debate because they had maybe three primary weapons. They would have had a shotgun, a revolver, and a long rifle, and at the time that's all they needed for either home defense or hunting. Now we have recreational shooting where someone thinks they need to shoot 60 rounds in three seconds just to hit one target, and mm-hmm. it's not for home defense, it's not for anything, it's for the thrill, and I think you need to find a way to match personal wants with, like,
4: societal needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I kind of disagree with that point, because I think if you look at, like, the 1900s, like, the late mm-hmm. 1900s, yeah. there were, we had automatic rifles, yeah, yeah. we had all these high power guns. Right, and we had these, but there weren't really mass shootings no. until, like, the 2000s mm-hmm. with, like, Columbine. Yeah. So making the argument that, oh, the reason these shootings are happening is because of guns, mm-hmm. and, like, like new guns, yeah. I, think, I think it could be a remedy mm-hmm. that we, to, like, limit guns. Mm-hmm. But I think the cause of it was more of a cultural cause mm-hmm. than just having guns in America. There's always been guns. In yeah, America. there's always been guns. But knowing you have, knowing <coughs> like a
1: student would have the option to take maybe one of his parents' what firearms mm-hmm. from the house, knowing that that is something they could do, definitely inspires a culture of extremist views right. in response to something that might not be as bad. Mm-hmm.
3: You also have to look at the exponential growth over the few years, even. Does anyone in sixth grade remember having this problem where you'd have that talk with your teachers versus eighth grade, ninth grade now? Every
1: three months.
3: Exactly. And um, there's obviously going, or not obviously, but if you look at it, there is a direct correlation between rise in social media, rise in bullying, mental health epidemic, all of that mixed with this gun issue. There's got to be a correlation, and Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, that in general is the reason why this culture is changing and what's happening right now in society.
4: Right, because if you look at it, all these things have been exponentially growing, mm-hmm. but the gun guns haven't been, like, gun ownership hasn't been skyrocketing in the it's last 20 the years. just the acknowledgement
1: of everyone right. has
4: it. Yeah, and, but also murder, just mm-hmm. normal murder has been going down. Yeah, it's it's down just down. these mass shootings is why we're having this this t- talk. Like, so the guns are going up, murder's going down, like there's these crazy kids that are shooting up their schools. So I think it's a little bit ridiculous to say that's a because of guns
3: mm-hmm. yeah. i think
4: it's because of whether the mental issue or social media medicating mm-hmm. kids or whatever I think it's because of how we learn to deal with certain situations mm-hmm. you know if you right. grow up with
1: extremist views from the left or right you understand that maybe this might be the only way to respond to it mm-hmm.
2: so i feel like especially in today's society there is those two extremist views where it's either like you're pro-second amendment or you're not mm-hmm. but i feel like a lot of people don't understand that there is a middle ground mm-hmm. and if you are um Part of one of those extremist views on either side, it gets kind of difficult to get to that middle point where it is become, it becomes an argument of safety or your rights. So I feel like in today's society especially, people need to understand both sides of the view in order to get something done. Because right now, everyone's just arguing about the problem, but there's no action actually being taken So I feel like in order for that action to happen, people need to start understanding each other a little bit better, Hmm. like, like better, Uh, and having, like, these conversations like we're having right now just to understand where everyone else comes from.
1: Hmm. I think age might have another factor with that, because growing up, you're taught things and you do that, but now we live in a society where education is something that's very prevalent, and we learn both sides before we're told something. So I, we might have influence from parents, but overall, every adult figure in our life tells us to think for ourselves. And that I think that's something that's become more prevalent in newer ages. Mm-hmm.
2: I feel like to some extent, though, that think-for-yourself philosophy just isn't true. Mm-hmm. Because adults say that, but in reality, they if your parents tell you to think for yourself, they're going to want you... To kind of, I don't want to say way. to think, yeah, to think that exactly. way,
1: they're going to yeah. try to mm-hmm. say, be like,
2: oh, you can think this, but you should think this, yeah. like you're free to do that, but I feel like it's kind of like a guilt trip factor yeah. too, so it's like you have to think this, or I was like, you're wrong, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really want to phrase it that way, but I feel like that's what it is at this point. Oh yeah, no, and yeah.
1: mm-hmm. you can see it in certain families, you know, not even just gun issues, but other debates where they say they want to live a certain life, but the family has a history of that, so they'll say we accept you, it's just, we can't understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, this was a great conversation. I'm going to wrap it up. Um, I really enjoyed sitting down and talking with you guys today. I'm glad that you guys, uh, you didn't exactly volunteer, but you willingly agreed to be our, <laughs> our first test case, and uh, I greatly appreciate that. Um, and so, uh, you know, thanks again for, for coming in and, and uh, debating so passionately about uh, your ideas on the gun debate. Thank
3: you. Thank, thank you. thank you.
0: Thank you.